Want to make your own podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easy, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters. Here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then, you can distribute your podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like I have an outlet for the creativity and ideas I want to share with the world. I recommend you give it a try. We all have a voice, so share it with the world. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. with witchcraft and uh, surrounded by witches and she knew darkness before she knew light so she had a, a sensitivity to it that a lot of christians don't have and now that she has come to the faith and is in right relationship with the lord the lord has allowed that path to be a tool because that's a foundational experience and uh, it, it shapes her worldview her biblical worldview and it opens her paradigm on what's going on. We've talked a good deal about, you know, Genesis 6 and the sons of God and could an angel actually procreate. Think about this. You have the Messiah coming by supernatural means, okay? Only had a human mother. You have these people, abductees, satanic ritual abuse, talking about being impregnated. Like, Forget all about Genesis 6 and the Watchers mating with human women. We've got evidence today. Welcome to the Days of Noah podcast, where we talk all things biblical, supernatural, and strange. Today, Luke, Don, and myself are going to go over just what it means to have an open mind to conspiratorial, supernatural, and a biblical worldview, and how that plays into our paradigm, what we're willing to entertain what ideas we're willing to accept or at least consider before we accept them and just how that paradigm plays into what we're willing to accept as reality in the world around us and what that portends for the future when it comes to the end of the world the apocalypse the book of revelation and the mark of the beast well welcome back guys uh glad we could get together and um, a little bit unscripted today, because I wanted to kind of recap and go over some of the things that we've talked about already, kind of just see what you guys think is important of what we talked about, what kind of what's upcoming on the agenda. I've got, you know, kind of a list of, of show ideas for the future, and then just why, it, why it's all important 
Um, and so putting a little bit of a framework to that, you know, kind of understanding the biblical worldview, uh, the historical, the present, and the future. Um, yeah, so what, are, like, is there anything off the top of your heads about, like, some of the things we talked about with giants or understanding the Bible or maybe conspiratorial things that have gone on? What stands out to you guys as being important to have as part of your worldview of understanding how the world works, how history, how things in history happened, um, how to interpret the Bible correctly, you know, when it comes to Genesis 6 and things like that? I think on my end, um, I think that if any, like, strange... I guess I'm waiting for any like super strange worldwide event or news that is going to quote unquote debunk all of Christianity. Oh. Um, <laughs> and that that's kind of in my own mind. Really? So you're actually, so you're actually waiting for that. You're expecting it. I'm or? expecting it, but let, let me, I, I guess I have to add to that a little bit. Um, it, it would not be debunked in the believers uh, as far as the believers are concerned. Um, but the people that are on the fence would would bail at that point. Um, so, something like something like uh, I know this is goofy, but something like a like a giant UFO that like the whole world sees, you know, like an Independence Day, and yeah. um, then immediately it's like, well, you know, we're not alone in the universe, and there must not be a God, and, and I can just I can just see how the rhetoric would just pour out of the media. And uh, I think that's the first time I've heard you say that. And uh, I actually have the same belief. Ah. Um, and uh, and I believe you are correct that the ones that aren't solid in their faith, as far as Christians, the fence sitters are going to fall off into the side of skeptics and, and even become unbelievers. Um, Tim Aberino has got a viewpoint that in the future age, and we don't know if that's going to be in the next few decades or whatever, if the Lord tarries, he feels like there's going to be no longer atheists in the world because it's going to be so transparent that there is something and you're going to either fall in line with the, the media narrative, the world narrative, or you're going to be of the Christian worldview and believe your Bible and believe these things are, a demonic influence or origin. And so there won't be any, in his opinion, any more atheists. So I actually agree with that. Yeah, I, I think that's good. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know how much we've gotten into that particular, like when you're talking about like a, an alien disclosure and kind of, hey, we are your creators, you know, not not this Christian Bible, we're actually the creator, kind of this false... This false second coming. I don't know how much the, the three of us, I know Luke and I have talked about it, uh, but Don, I don't know how much the three of us have talked about it, at least yet. And so that's that's interesting that you're having that perspective too, because I share it as well with, with you guys. Um, that, that's, that seems to be kind of the counterfeit narrative that's going to come in, in the end of days. Um, and Luke, you mentioned it, kind of that falling away. So in Second uh, Thessalonians two three, let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. 
I believe referring to the Antichrist. And couldn't we make the argument, and I believe we can, when Jesus says to, he's answering his disciples, what is a sign of your return? And we quote it a lot. Um, and Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah. So could you tie in what Don, you brought up what we're discussing, uh, say a, a UFO disclosure event um, as being tied to the days of Noah? I believe you can. Um, yeah, I, the I, origin I, I, of I, the two are the yeah. same. Yes. It's just, it's, it's almost like a modern version of what's going on. If you, and, and Don, I'd love for you to, you to expound a little bit more on why you believe this. Um, but obviously at just in the last couple of years, even the Pentagon itself has released reports and there's more and more discussion and they've kind of renamed it. Uh, instead of UFOs, you something something with a P. Oh, uh, you, unidentified aerial phenomenon UAP. I, yeah, so that's kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, there's more document documented stuff that's coming from our government, and from the most part, the churches. I was just listening to Blurry Creatures' most recent episode. La Mazzuli came back on, and he was talking about this subject, and. When Fox News was having interviews with the Navy pilot and the Pentagon report, he turned to his wife and was expecting, get ready, babe. We've been researching this for decades. Our phone's about to ring off the hook. Yeah. He said he got like one email. He said the pastors, the majority of people that knew that he was in it, he didn't get any new anybody reaching out to him. Mm. And that's that's kind of troubling. And in his opinion... When this stuff is released, seems like on Fox News primarily, he's, he, he called it kind of a sounding board. It's almost they're testing to see if the conservative uh, individuals in this nation, what are they going to do? Are they going to change their behavior? Is there going to be more of a, an uproar, a conversation? It's really been crickets, which is kind of sad. That, that means you got your head in the sand. Yeah, a lot, a lot of uh, the church and Christians especially are kind of asleep to these things. And it reminds me of the verse where it says, you you have a form of godliness, but deny its power. Um, so we, we give a lot of lip service uh, in, in church to the things that are foundational. Well, let me, let me back up. We give... We give more than lip service to the things that are foundational to our Christian beliefs. We understand there are miracles in the Bible and supernatural events, and we we um, affirm those things. But then we kind of give lip service to, oh, could they be happening now? Could could these things happen in the future? Um, you know, is is there a is there a basis for the supernatural worldview? of Genesis 6, you know, not the sons of Seth view. Um, and, and they kind of just give lip service to that stuff and they don't really, they don't really believe it. And I, I think too, just, just in my own, you know, uh, couple of churches I've been in the last 20 years, um, I think maybe three different pastors, maybe four, they tend to, especially in the kind of you're just your non-denominational, like evangelical kind of church, um, 
they they tend to stay in their little safe zones. They don't like to venture out too much into the fringe. And they certainly, I mean, they might talk to you in private about some of those things, but they're certainly not going to preach on them. Um, that's that's kind of the areas that that they, they that they like to stick to. To Luke's point about you know being asleep and, and L.A. Marzulli saying he he thought his phone would be ringing off the hook, but it's and I have to yeah. give a shout out to um, my one of my pastors. We're actually as a family members of two churches. Um, so my long distance pastor, <laughs> my online pastor, uh, John Kilpatrick, Church of His Presence in Alabama, actually had L.A. Mazzulli as a guest speaker wow. speak on this subject um, at one of his uh, prophecy conferences. So and he, he even talked about it uh, in part on his own in the, the, uh, the two part message he did. What if? And he didn't want his congregation he didn't want to stand before god and say why why didn't you uh, why didn't you touch on this subject he doesn't claim to have all the facts but if you at least present the possibility or what if it's this or you know it prepares an individual a christian so you're not deceived right because your pastor is willing to go there you know and that's and that is very rare. I agree with you. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing as we're talking about the issues that we've addressed in the, in the past shows and and kind of what's coming down the pike is um, having a proper understanding in your paradigm to be able to accept things that you thought maybe prior were were conspiracy or you wrote them off as conspiracy. Um, and so that kind of speaks to just the importance of that worldview. And I mean, like the three of us, we would affirm, you know, a biblical worldview is the only accurate and coherent way of understanding reality. That's our litmus test. We don't get to pick and choose what reality is correct. You know, it's not, it's not a both and system. There are exclusive, uh, truth claims. Truth by its nature, uh, is, is exclusive, um, and so we start with that theology as the Bible as the basis of truth. And then we base all other truth claims against it. They're measured against it. And, and another key thing, too, is while there's multiple applications and sometimes multiple layers of meaning that one can derive from a given scripture, there's only one intended interpretation of the text that's put forth by the author. And so as we're kind of digging into some different verses on on topics that we're we're getting into um we're kind of wrestling with those and and it's okay to suspend uh i want to say belief but suspend judgment if you if we don't know i i think part of two part of what we are used to having happen is we show up at church and okay pastor's talking on mark chapter four okay great and maybe he takes a few verses, or maybe he does the whole chapter that Sunday. And it's very passive. We're, we're expecting to hear, what is this about, and what is, how does it apply to me? And there's not much left to the imagination. There isn't, let's read this, let's observe it, let's do the inductive method and ask a bunch of observation questions. Instead, he gives us the answer already. 
So we, we're our brains are kind of shut off. We're kind of used to just hearing, oh, okay, that's what that's what I need to know, and then we move on to the next chapter next week. And I would, um, you, Pete, and I, uh, we grew up Lutheran, so we had the teaching from that foundational um, viewpoint and and stance, uh, uh, documented history of Martin Luther, because that's what he experienced. That's what the congregations of his day experienced. And it's kind of sad, but you're right. It's continued to present where the the person behind the pulpit has all the answers. They're going to decide how it's interpreted. You just listen, absorb it, accept it. Where, what did he do? He put the 95 theses on the door of the church and said, I've read it. I don't agree with your viewpoint on it. And here's scriptural basis of why I believe you're, what you're teaching is wrong. So, and then, and then the Jesuits were formed and his life was threatened. You know, um, that's the foundation of where the Jesuits came from in the Catholic church is they were the militant arm that was going after Martin Luther to kill him. Um, so, and, and look at today, not to go down a rabbit hole, mm-hmm. but when you question the this narrative... This show is a rabbit hole. From, <laughs> but when you question a narrative, whatever that narrative happens to be from a, a governing body in power, whether it's the church or the literal government, people take offense to that. How many teachers hate it when that kid is like, well, you know, and yeah. asking, Always asking the hard questions. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, so... If we can step back, have an honest, fair balance—I hate to use Fox's term—but it's a good term—a a, com- a conversation without fighting, and you can hear both sides of an argument. That's the only way you can come to find out the truth. And I think you're doing what the Scripture says. You're studying to show yourself approved, you know, as a as a good workman. If you if you look at it from multiple angles and with prayer, in my opinion, you know, that's the only way you're going to come to the true knowledge of, of what the, the scripture means and what truth really is. So, yeah, no, I was going to say, and, and as I'm Googling it, uh, the, 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 the quote is it's a, it's a mark of an, of an intelligent mind or an educated person to be able to entertain an idea that you do not yet fully accept, to be able to kind of hold it suspended in your mind and kind of wrestle with it while not necessarily agreeing with it. And I was going to give uh, a cre- credit to Aristotle, but then the Internet says, nope, Aristotle did not say this. Well, so <laughs> I don't know where it came from then. I'll have to do more research. But it's still a really good quote because I think that I think it's true. Um but but we like to pick sides. I was just thinking about this uh, this morning, uh, getting ready for the day. Um, you think about those that tend to immediately shut down anything that has a conspiratorial or an alternative worldview bent. And they kind of scoff at it, mock it. I think that for whatever reason, that type of person has aligned themselves with with the powers that be, with uh, those in authority, with those with degrees, um, that's that's kind of their their safe zone. And then there's others of us that are 
very skeptical because that consolidation of thought and power is where um, the, the truth is often hidden and the information we get from the media is controlled. So it's, it's, it's kind of a picking of sides, right? That, that it's, it, it almost doesn't matter what evidence you present to a closed-minded person. They're going to write it off. I don't know why that takes place. If that's just the 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 easy way out, is just it's to... a safer way out because you're you can say, oh well, this guy has a a doctorate. What is what does your guy have? Right. So they they have the appeal to authority fallacy. Don, what were you going to say? Um, I was just going to say the uh, the open minded versus closed minded argument is uh, is very good. I think with politics but when we're talking religion i think it's very difficult because if somebody sat down with me and i was trying to talk them out of being buddhist well i need to lend an ear to their side of it as well so oh that sure it could be a conversation so that they don't think i'm just spouting at them and but i will not have an open mind to it you know what i mean i mean i i have i have uh, discerned that that the Bible is true, so I'm very closed-minded when it comes to the to religion. That's what Paul said when he said, I have become all things to all people, that I might by all means save some. So it's it's having it's having an understanding heart and mind to where people are coming from. I think that's what you're saying, right? Yeah. Not necessarily you're going to agree with them. It's almost like when he went into, what was it, like in Greece, and he said, hey, you have this statue to the unknown God. Let me tell you who that is. That's the creator. <laughs> you, you, you've you put a statue up there saying that there's one out there that you're not sure of. Let me tell you about him. Yeah. Right, and, and one thing about, like, understanding where people are coming from, um, you know, working in emergency services, as Luke and I do, um, the uh, you'll you run into people every day that you're like, where are you coming from? I mean, you know, the their lives are just a complete, you know, train wreck. Um, but understanding where they come from can help us kind of process what we're dealing with or what we're doing. At least that's kind of the way that I've looked at it. I've never really understood, you know, why. Um, you know, why the, the kids around Madison are, you know, stealing cars and doing all this stuff. Um, but when you start looking at, at their past, when you're doing investigations, um, it's like that, that kid was formed by what was going on around him. And now that doesn't take onus or that doesn't take, you know, owning it away uh, by any means. And it doesn't take away the, the need for any type of uh, retribution or punishment, but at the same time, it's just very—it's uh, eye-opening to, you can, to see. I mean, you I, can I'm see very the, happy that I. Yeah, go ahead. you you can see the cause and effect. I was just going to say. Yeah, my yes. wife loves uh, um, true crime and the ID channel, and I remember um, some of the documentaries that would be on that channel, which was very interesting to me. If you were to look at uh, certain. Uh, acts of violence or, or criminal activity or serial killers and when they would do uh, say Bundy or something like that and then you look at what was his upbringing like what was his mindset what was his influence that 
got him to the point where he made certain decisions. Mm. It doesn't excuse it away, nope. but it does explain it to a degree. And, it, right. Yeah, I, I find that yeah. interesting. It is. It's it's the same way that um, you know very uh, evil people have figured out that you can cause uh, split personalities, DID, uh, dissociative identity disorder, through trauma. And then they use that to, you know, create create different personalities for their use. You know, Manchurian Candidate types of things, MK Ultra. You know, yeah, there's a there's a cause and effect to to our behaviors based on, you know, nature, nurture, beliefs, all that stuff. So yes, I mean, I mean the biblical worldview is is foundational for for us as we believe for understanding the past, the present, and the future, and then historical. You know, as Mike Heiser says, if you were to ask a Second Temple Jew, what is what's the the basis for why the world is so corrupt? You know, the modern Christian today might say, "Well, the the fall, you know, Adam and Eve, that's when sin and death came into the world." But the Second Temple Jew would have said three things: the fall in the Garden of Eden, the Watcher's sin in Genesis six, and the Tower of Babel. Those those are the three main things that they would have attributed to, and and Heiser went so far as to say even that they would have put Genesis six and the events that led to Noah's flood because of how corrupt the earth had become with with the Watchers' sin and the giants and the violence and and everything that was going on as a greater impact than. Adam and Eve sin. That's that's the way they would have thought of it. And I would kind of add I would agree with that. Yeah. And I would kind of add too, maybe a fourth thing would be would be Satan's fall. And we've talked a bit about when that might have occurred. It possibly uh, the Garden of Eden was the first time that he rebelled, or or that was maybe the first recorded, but he had rebelled prior to that. So you might tie that to the fall, I guess, of those three things, but in a way you could think of it as a fourth a fourth reason and we're and again we're still kind of trying to hash out you know when when the other angels rebelled um and then mankind's uh complicit role in that so uh one of the um things I'd like to to de- dedicate a episode on is uh talking about how humanity was complicit in that transaction with the daughters of men and the sons of God, and the Bible records uh, Lamech, who was a descendant of the line of Cain, uh, as the first recorded polygamist, and likely was the family that uh, participated in that. Um, so it's not, and of course, you know, the Bible's bent is on the story of humanity. Whereas some of the apocryphal books, like Enoch, gives a lot more information about the sin of the angels and the and the giants and so on, right? But but when Genesis is being written for the Bible, its focus is on humanity. Um, but so when it says, you know, the earth was corrupt and 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 God repented that He made mankind, you know, that's the focus is about humanity. So it's not to take away from the responsibility of mankind that 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 the watchers did this sin, but you know here you had Lamech and his family 
participating in this willingly um, and really just kind of having their way with the the freedom God gave them to do whatever they wanted and 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 having having no uh, no reverence uh, for their their creator and then and then from there we have giants leading to demons I mean I, I think I've said this to you guys before just think of how different a world this would be how dis- different history would be if all there was was Satan some rebellious angels however many and then humanity's sinful fleshly nature but no demons i mean just i mean it's incalculable to me the influence of the demonic um entity and if the sin of the watchers had never happened then we could say hypothetically hypothetically there would be no demons ever there would only be humanity in their evilness in our weak morality and there would be Satan and some number of fallen angels. You know, it's just, it's it's hard to even calculate how big big an influence, in my mind, that is. Um, and then humans... I would be, almost yeah. say that both of those influences are the same. It, so Demons if, and, and if, angels? If, 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 if demons are the disembodied spirits of those that were an offspring during the Genesis six time and then destroyed in the flood as, but we know that how corrupt the world was because it's, it's documented and God himself saw what was going on. And they're like, I've got to clean this slate. And I only have one family, a a small remnant that I can serve, uh, preserve to start over with. And that in some in some opinion, the demons weren't present there. So look at the corruption that took place with no demons, essentially. And then you look, and then you look afterwards. Okay, the disembodied spirits are all those deaths of those hybrids of those you know those, that situation. Those spirits are roaming for a host, just like we see in the gospel. They inhabited. Uh, uh, the one in the, in the, in the, in the tombs, you know, where there was a legion of them. They needed a host. They wanted a host. They wanted to fulfill their lusts through somebody. Now it's in, infecting the world in a different way, but probably to the same extent. It's the same it's, spirit, it's, right? Yeah, it's the same origin. Yeah, you're right. Because so, they came and as from... the gospel says, it's going to get worse again. Um. In the in before his return, mm. as it is the days of Noah. Yeah, that's a good point. Was, but, so that's yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And then also understanding the present, you know, um, Luke, we've we've talked about the work of Doug Riggs, and there's others that have had a, that have counseled uh, satanic uh, ritual abuse victims, Nephilim mothers. You know, then there's the alien abduction hybrid program. There's there's uh, reportedly awful things going on in deep underground military bases. Um, I think there was one that Doug was working with, or maybe uh, I forget the I forget the name of this lady that uh, was was doing some seminars with him with Doug. But uh, do you recall this, Luke? There was there was one victim that was saying that yeah, under um, 
Caesar's Palace or something in Las Vegas. There's yeah, that was recorded. That was uh, 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 an account that Pastor Doug Riggs um, described to Nate and Luke on Blurry Creatures. That's right. Episode. Okay. In uh, October, I think it was of 2021. Um, so yes, it was. And and all Pastor Doug was doing, like, like he said in in that podcast, his goal isn't to gather information, gather information for research or you know, to give us insight of what the darkness is doing. His ultimate goal was to help these survivors get free and to become mature as Christians. Now, if a part of them is disassociated and happens to share a story, it's, I think the term is anecdotal. Yeah. An- and anecdotal. if he hears yep. it, if, if he hears it from one person in one part of the country and then he hears another, 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 and they're just confirming what is going on. And they don't know anybody. L.A. Missouri comes across this when it comes to hybrids and stuff or a, a UFO um, abduction ab- abductees, that different people are testifying to the same thing that don't even know each other. Then you can lead some credence to it. Um, but yeah, that's not his motivation, but yeah, that was where it came from. Um, as he was just sharing, uh, what was not saying it's fact it was just a, what was, uh, what was presented to him. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So we have that uh, continuation of that initial entering our realm of, of the angelic, the demonic, and then. Uh, kind of that working towards the end time of of the satanic forces, whether as Tim Alberino says they may or may not be aligned with one another. They're probably different factions that aren't all necessarily on the fa- same page, but they're all probably united against God, against believers uh, in rebellion. And so you have those things taking place. So understanding again, the basis of it is. Genesis 6, is Tower of Babel, is Babylon, and then all of these things that we see going on with, you know, the Vatican, the CIA, um, deep underground military bases, um, you know, these hybrid programs, crazy stuff that I I had, you know, no basis of understanding 10 years ago and, and would have written it off. But like you said, you, you start to begin to plot on a graph different things. Um, and that's where it's important to have an open enough mind and go, okay, I, I hear this one person's testimony. And what does the Bible say? On the basis of two or three witnesses shall the truth be established. And so when we see these things over and over, um, they, they begin to have more credence. And then, of course, the most important thing is we can't change the past, but understanding it so we under, we can interpret this, the signs of the times. You know, at some point, there's going to be a falling away of the faith. And if we're taking a a progressive Christian view of the Bible, that it's, it's allegory, metaphor, you know, it waters it down. Um, that's where, Luke, you said they're going to, people's kind of sitting on the fence or kind of wishy-washy in their faith. Yeah, <laughs> when it hits the fan, they're not going to be sticking around. You know, they're going to take the easy way out. Um, and it's it's understanding that, too, with the mark of the beast, that 
look, it's going to be very appealing. It's it's going to be you're on the side of humanity against some threat or um if you don't do this, you're not you're not aligned with with humanity and our our common goal or something like that to where it's going to be so compelling. Well, I mean, we obviously have the the historical record of the vaccines with the COVID uh, situation. Um, regardless of what side of the fence you are on, whether you should should or should not take the vaccine, we do know that there was some very strong influence from governments and companies and all that type of stuff, uh, all the way down to, shoot, I got to take this to keep my job. You know, I'm going to get kicked out of the military. I'm going to be, you know, I got to provide for my family. Well, I mean, what does the Bible say? Without the mark, you won't be able to buy, sell, trade. So the vaccine is not the mark, but look at the pressure that was put on the world with this vaccine and now replace that with the mark. Yeah. It's a, it's a precursor You're not able to travel. You're not able to. Yeah, it is a precursor. And it's, and it's and conditioning. It's a, it's a conditioning thing. Yeah. 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 We're, yeah. You're reading my mind. It's a, con- it's a conditioning because <laughs> now we have, now we have a worldwide collective memory, billions of people having experienced this or heard about it, affected about, with it in some way or another to where it unites us. And, um, you know, not to get too off off into the weeds, but Ronald Reagan's quote, he said, I've often thought if there was some outside alien force, how it would unite humanity. Um, so, yeah. So I think, again, just to kind of to highlight some summary points, biblical worldview, having an, a supernatural and necessarily, I think, a conspiratorial worldview, if you don't have an openness towards that, then I think you're going to miss quite a bit of what's going on. And of course, you know, some may say, well, you know, there's a good reason why, um, you know, there's a Christian denomination called Lutheran or, or Catholicism. Like, then we can then we can uh, make sure uh, errors and heresy don't get in, right? Because we've got this this group that's that we trust that have gone over this information and uh and and that's true to an extent but then what happens when error is is codified in those groups now it's now how are you going to get it out right now it's yeah. pro- now it's protecting what's outside of it cuz you've already determined what should be in yep um very true so some of the um some of the topics that uh just suggesting for for future and we've we've touched on a number of them just in the last 30 minutes is uh, I'm just going to throw out some random concepts, not, nothing uh, in, in any order uh, particularly. But um, so again, I'm going through uh, Doug Van Dorn's book on the Giants, uh, Sons of the Gods. Um, and that's been foundational to understand why certain tribes were committed to destruction. And, and that kind of leads into, Luke, the book you gave me, Laura Sanger, on the Nephilim Traits. And how that ties into the Federal Reserve. And uh, Don, do you recall if we mentioned this to you, but uh, the Canaanite altar beneath Rockefeller's house on Jekyll Island? 
Does that ring a bell? No, I haven't. I, no, it doesn't. Okay, so that's that's one thing is, I like. Is to... uh, Dr. Laura? Did she document that? Yeah, she did. She in gave her research. She talked about it briefly. I don't. Maybe it's in more detail in her book. But when she was on Blurry Creature, she kind of just mentioned it really, really briefly. Um, so there's this, there's this kind of this prayer warrior guy named Tim Benson. Well, I won't give the whole story because I want to dedicate a whole show to it, but. Um, he did. He did a few intervu- interviews uh, talking about his testimony. One with uh, the late Rob Skiba, and how he found. Well, he was doing spiritual war against these ancient Canaanite altars, where there was, you know, human sacrifice, things like that going on. And come to find out that that has ties to the creation of the Federal Reserve System in 1913 and that secret meeting at Jekyll Island. Okay. So the land where the meeting took place, which is the Island of Jekyll Island off the coast of Georgia. Before that meeting in 1913, there was sin that took place by these actions that probably was unrepented of. Right. It hadn't been cleansed. So there's, there's demonic influence, there's demonic spirits that are tied to that, that are probably roaming the second heavens over that land. Yep. Second heaven and first heaven, probably, you know, in our realm. It, that's just kind of how I see it. Mm. And then you, because you go down to New Orleans and the sins that are, de- there's a different atmosphere when you go to certain, Vegas, I've never been there, but I'm sure there's, a feeling you could get by being in certain areas that are almost demonically charged. Mm-hmm. And then if you have this motive that, I mean, I'm sure the, these gentlemen that met at Jekyll Island to form the federal reserve, they might not have known the, the ancient history. They might not. Um, but it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that they were led to that 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 place right right and for him to build his house right on top of it um yeah laura sanger calls it spiritual mapping and that's one of the things that she does is is to through through a series of criteria to to kind of figure out a geographical areas uh spiritual mapping in the sense of four key areas of sin and I believe there's, you know, there's, there's sexual, there's, um, like blood, murder, that kind of stuff. And I forget the other two, but, but major things that have an impact on, on the future, if not dealt with. Um, so yeah, so that, I think that would be really cool to go through Tim's tense testimony on that. Um, and then we've, you know, we've talked some on the power of words, um, Deuteronomy 32, you have uh, the mistranslation of the sons of Israel, but it's correctly the sons of God. So that's kind of where uh, God is dividing up the nations over uh, with with gods over them. Um, and is that the same place? No, that's Psalm. I think it's Psalm eighty-two where it says, "You you are gods, but you shall die like men." And so it's clearly, obviously, talking about angelic beings because why else would he say you shall die like men so some of those mistranslations where understanding it in the context of genesis 6 it all ties in to make sense well even jesus saying um or or in the gospels when he was uh descended into hell 
he spoke to the spirits in chains, right? Isn't there verses about that? Yeah. There is. Yeah. So where do we and get it? It is believed yeah. that uh, what is documented in Jude um, about those that are in those chains um, are the ones that committed the original Genesis 6 sin. And that, that, that Christ, after he fulfilled his mandate as fully God and fully man, came there to put the stamp on it and let them know, you know, I have conquered what you, you know, and it, it's, it was a, it was a victory lap. Is yeah, what he it's did. a victory lap. And it was you also know. saying, Hey, you see me here. You think that means that I lost and I'm saying I, I didn't lose because, <laughs> because yeah. you, you wouldn't expect, expect to see me here with you unless, unless I lost, but I'm telling you, Nope, I won. Um, yeah, so it's amazing how many, how many, that's just an example or two of how many things tie into the Genesis 6 event, or even Paul saying, you know, women should wear head coverings because of the angels. Like, there's, there's so many verses that we go, I don't know what that means. But like Luke, like what you just said, Jude and then Peter, using language about in chains, and that comes right from Enoch. So, so all these things being tied together. Um, okay, some other things. Uh, understanding the fall in God's plan. So there's a, there's a book by um, Leslie Weatherhead called The Three Wills of God. It was written like 100 years ago or something. And, um, and that's been really foundational to me to understand how God can desire different things or have different wills that work at the same time. So the way he puts it is, God has an ultimate will, a perfect will, and a circumstantial will. And and how do those three work uh, in tandem with one another? So the perfect will would be, hey, I don't want you to sin. I've got a better plan for your life in mind. This is This is what I want. So picture like in heaven, all things being made new, everything being made right. Okay, that's perfect will. Then there's the ultimate will. Well, I've got free will for you, humanity. I've got these rules in place. So I'm going to tolerate to an extent evil and sin and different things. Even though it's not what I really want, it is what I want. Because for this season, I'm allowing it, I'm using it. These are the rules I put in place. So basically we can say anything that actually comes to pass is God's ultimate will because it ultimately did happen. And then the circumstantial is, uh, like, like think of Anne Frank in Nazi Germany. Okay. Obviously the will for her life is very different than, uh, you know, than, uh, uh, Reggie White, uh, uh, of the Green Bay Packers, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, having, having the fame and the money and, and being a, a Christian, you know, uh, in the limelight, very di- very different will for his life than than uh, a captive in Nazi Germany. So that's that's really been helpful to to me to understand how you know the the age old question why does evil exist in the world why is suffering. Um, and then another thing is uh, the derivation of occult powers, what they are, how they're derived, 
how do they connect to Genesis 6, Tower of Babel. Um, there's an ex-Satanist uh, named John Ramirez. He has a really, he's got a bunch of books, but the one that I listened to on Audible was, um, I think it's called Out of the Devil's Cauldron, where he talks about kind of growing up in these different occult, satanic, his whole his whole household was in it. And uh, so he has kind of a first-hand view of of that thing that that again, a largely Christians give lip service to, but he he saw it. Luke, just like you said about Natalie with with her experiences, it makes it a lot more real. Or as Nate and Luke say, when when you see a, a Bigfoot or you have a, a abduction, like it makes this stuff real. Yeah, I'll say it again. Yeah, my wife, um, she grew up in. Uh, with with witchcraft and uh, surrounded by witches and uh you know and she knew darkness before she knew light and um yeah so it was so she had a a sensitivity to it that a lot of christians don't have and now that she has come to the faith and is in right relationship with the lord the lord has allowed that path to be uh, a tool for her um, because that's a foundational experience and uh, it it shapes her worldview, her biblical worldview, and and it opens her paradigm on what's going on. And she's even had to wrestle with negative thoughts towards Christians that have the blinders on because they haven't had that experience. And why don't you understand all this supernatural type stuff, the influence of the darkness, but she grew up in it. So she, she had, she has a different paradigm. So yeah, she's got to extend grace and patience to, to uh, her brothers and sisters in Christ in that regard. Yeah. But um, it's definitely a, a tool in, in God's hand, you know, and um anyways right yeah 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 it's it's awesome when you have that and john ramirez and these others you know these sra survivors that have this intel you know as tim alberino says if i ever got abducted i would pray that i would be the one person god would allow to have remembrance of these events because they they talk about um i forget how he put it uh the the memories being blocked so they only yeah, remember. Tim Aberino says that. Yeah, that's what one of his prayers. If, yeah, that he could use that as a tool against the enemy. Yep, of intel. Yeah. Um, all right, just kind of run run through a few more things. Uh, how do scholars and theologians explain away Goliath, David and Goliath, his size, and make a case for the Sethite non-giant tribes? I found an excellent article online if i found it free thankfully it's like an academic article about 20 pages and and actually doug van dorn um uh, mentions this and so does ryan peterson in his book um that there there's a discrepancy between like you take the king james and then some other versions so some will say like six cubits for for in a span for his height and others will say four. And so there'll be people that well-intentioned, I'm sure that are explaining it away and saying he wasn't a giant. He was like six foot 10 or something, you know, 
And so, so there's a, a very, very good explanation of why there's a, there's that discrepancy in there. So that would be that would be really cool to get into. Um, we talked a little bit about the the breeding program, um, the hybrid breeding program, uh, then and now. Uh, the seed seed. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it again. The, <laughs> the, that uh, Tim Aparino, L.A. Mazzuli were discussing the Pentagon's report. Okay. This is our U.S. government, the Pentagon's report on this subject, and the Pentagon is talking about pregnancies. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So it leads to the question, which they don't answer in the report, who's impregnant them and where did the babies go? There you go. Exactly. Because, and- there's, a te- there's, because there's a testimony that L.A. Missouli has with at least one mother. She was impregnated three different times and got documentation from physicians. Mm. And within like the first or second trimester, she didn't, she wasn't that far along. She basically has another abduction and now the baby's gone. Now I don't have a baby. That's crazy. Happened three times in her life. You know, we've talked a good bit, good deal about, you know, Genesis six and the sons of God and could an angel actually procreate? Think about this, guys. Like, I mean, this is not news to you, but to the the listeners, you have the Messiah coming by supernatural means, okay? Only had a human mother. You have these people, abductees, satanic ritual abuse, talking about being impregnated. Like, forget all about Genesis 6 and the Watchers mating with human women. We've got evidence today, you know? And, And so... I mean that's this is this is why all of this ties together and it's so foundational to understand. Uh, deep underground military military bases. There's um, hopefully it's still on YouTube, but there's a like a 30 year old um, grainy recording of a guy named um, I'm going to butcher it now. Phil, shoot, I can't think of it right now. Phil Schneider. Phil Schneider. Thank you, sir. All right, yeah. Phil Schneider, yeah, talking about he was an engineer uh, working down in these bases and, and the the creatures and different things that he saw. Pretty crazy. Um, Nephilim qualities, like characteristic traits, uh, Laura Sanger gets into that. Um, the appeal of Israel going after other gods, you know, because, they're, because they were real. Um, not just because they thought, you know, look at this cool little block of wood I made. Um, and then, um, you know, kind of the, the suppression of the Genesis 6 angel view from the Catholic Church, from Augustine, Calvin, uh, the, the Jewish leaders. So they, the, Michael Heiser talks about the two powers in heaven view that early Jews had. Well, they abandoned that after Jesus because you couldn't have a, a God coming in the flesh you know that because he wasn't the messiah to them right so now we need to abandon the angel view of genesis 6 cuz that's spirit being coming into flesh so that was one of their motivations for getting rid of that um extra biblical books how they should be treated do they conflict with the bible what do they say why should they be given importance like book of enoch uh, animal life corrupted by the watchers, dinosaurs, minotaurs, centaurs, satyrs, all these kind of chimera beings. It's kind of my opinion that 
maybe some of the violent dinosaurs might have been hybrids that uh, that that the Watchers and Giants messed with their DNA. I, I think about like T Rex or Velociraptor, and I go, I just don't see God making that alongside mankind. And know. they didn't make it on the ark. And they didn't make it on the <laughs> ark. Yes, but here in Job, right, we have the description of like a Brachiosaurus. You know, a tail like a cedar. Well, a cedar is like a 40 to 80 foot tree. You know, some have said you're talking about a hippo. Have you seen a hippo's tail? It looks like a pig's tail, a little squiggly thing. So it's not a hippo. Um, So there were dinosaurs living with us, but I'm just wondering about some of the violent ones. Maybe those were, maybe those were hybrid beings that, uh, you know, well, they talk about it today, right? That they're, they're, they say they're evolved from birds. Well, maybe it, maybe it was a bird and lizard kind of uh, chimerical creature that was created. Hmm. Um, technology of the Watchers. What did they teach? How did it affect humanity? Um, some have said, are they released from their chains now? Because I think in Enoch it said how many generations they were going to be released. But then the Bible also says, you know, reserved in chains until the judgment. So are those original 200 watchers still there? I've heard different uh, opinions on that. And and I would tend to agree with it that those are documented um, in Jude, are also documented in Revelation. And that when the judgments are coming upon the earth... Uh, when the seals are being opened by Christ, um, that's when they're going to be released. Okay. And that's the way I understand it. And it's almost like they're going to be on a vendetta, you mm-hmm. know, and going after mankind. And God is going to use their, their anger for being in chains for so long, essentially, as part of the judgment uh, upon mankind, you know. That's is kind of how I think of it. That is that is you some know? stored up wrath right there. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay. Yes. Uh, SRA DRD Doug Riggs. Um, his his counseling that would be something definitely to dig into and look at because his website still has a ton of resources, right, Luke? Yeah, I've got a uh, email. Um, one of his. Uh, individuals that's in his congregation that manage that website is still living and, okay. and, and, and doing that. I'm a, so I get email updates. He, he still finds uh, old messages of, of pastor Doug's and he'll share them in the email and he's, he's managing that website still. So, oh, very good. Um, yeah. Okay. Excellent. Um, yeah, just kind of shoot through a few more topics. Uh, Giants in history. Uh, the evidence, uh, the textual evidence, uh, megaliths, bones, sightings, the mounds, uh, angelology, demonology. Mike Heiser's got some good books on that. Their origin, their characteristics. Um, we've talked a good bit about, you know, uh, if there are fallen angels, are they free to roam besides Satan? Is Revelation a third of the stars a future event, or uh, or did it happen at the the time of Messiah's birth or some ancient event. Uh, going, Continuing to go through Blurry Creatures episodes because there's a ton of good material there. And then you got L.A. Marzulli. He's got DVD series that are that are excellent. 
uh, on the trail of the and Nephilim. His YouTube channel is, uh, um, is con- he's constantly using that uh, throughout the week. Um, and I think he does a YouTube uh, day uh, that where his broadcast does a Q&A. Okay. So um, you have questions, you can email him and he'll they'll get to him eventually nice and uh so they're you know pick his brain type of thing so it's kind of neat yeah yeah awesome definitely a resource yeah and while i'm thinking of it another good resource is uh skywatch tv um that's uh tom horn josh peck um derek gilbert derek gilbert that's the other one yep yep excellent guys yep I actually just uh, re-listened to the Blurry Creature episode where Josh Peck was uh, oh, cool. discussing CERN. It's yeah. one of the older, maybe a year old, okay. but uh, yeah, interesting subject. Yep. Uh, then, of course, there's eschatology and revelation, you know, end time stuff. That's a big one. A lot of speculation. It's hard, hard to understand, but um, let's see here. Uh, just the damage to Christianity by not understanding Genesis six regarding the flood, you know, giving ammo to, to atheists and antagonists of Christianity by, by thinking God is this genocidal maniac, not understanding what, you know, Joshua and Israel were up against. Um, Tower of Babel, Nimrod, Deuteronomy 32, Psalm 82, God's over the nations. Uh, I'm still kind of working my way through Annette Yoshiko Reed's book on the view of Enoch, how it was viewed from about the second century BC up to the Middle Ages. Um, unseen realm topics uh, from Mike Heiser's book. I also want to um, read um, Reversing Herman. I think that would be that'd be really good for us to go through. Uh, coming deception, Bible talking about, you know, strong delusion, coming deception in the end times, you know, that might be kind of this alien disclosure that we started the show with, right? This, this idea that there's going to be a, a false Messiah coming and that, remember, cause the revelation says signs and wonders. So it's not going to be like, Hey, look at me. It's going to be some pretty amazing things are probably going to happen. Yeah. I mean, you can look at ancient aliens on the History Channel, and it's been extremely popular. And they're trying to ex- use that as uh, uh, an explanation um, to explain all these megaliths in the past and, you know, that type of stuff. Similar to what Graham Hancock kind of talks about. Uh, oh, when you talk about Graham Hancock, I just I just became acquainted with him this morning. Um Okay. And the Netflix series that he is a part of, and I just I haven't seen it yet, but I'm I'm going to look for it. What What's the name of the series? Uh, I'd have to double check. Uh, is it um, Ancient Apocalypse or? I believe yes. it is. Yes, yes, that's yeah. what it is. Okay. And then um, that is an excellent series. He's not looking at this from a biblical worldview. He's not a Christian. He's looking at it from a secular worldview. Um, it's an excellent series. I'm thankful that Netflix put some money in and allowed him to do it. And then if you want to continue down, uh, he's got he's got books that you could deep, deep dive into better yet than the books, in my opinion, because you can multitask with it. Spotify, Joe Rogan. Uh, you could do a Google search or a, a search on Spotify, Graham Hancock and um, 
uh, Carlson, uh, forget his first name. Randall. Um, Randall Car- Carlson. Yeah. Excellent interviews, uh, long format um, interviews that Joe Rogan does with those two that gives even more information on those subjects. And there's some good and short all, clips, and, and too, all on those YouTube tie those. into what we're, we've been discussing, but right. they're looking at it from a secular viewpoint. Right. And you, you know, it very, very possibly the evidence that they're presenting could be what the Bible describes as the, the biblical flood. Yeah. The, the place know? I get stuck on is when, um, they're talking about this 12,000, 13,000 year, thing and somehow we have to account for that if we're talking about when the flood happened in terms of the human timeline and if we're going just biblically and there isn't like some multiple millennium gap somewhere that's where I kind of get hung up and I go yeah but the flood would have happened like 5,000 years ago not 12,000 years ago so I'm not I'm not sure on that but it did yeah. happen. The it's evidence is there. Yeah. Well, there's you know there's too many <laughs> there's too many more things here. I have written down to list um, too many good resources and topics. But I think we we've done a good job just kind of laying out the groundwork of kind of what we want our discussions to be about and just feeling free to disagree and bring up stuff and ask questions. And I think. Hopefully, we're all feeling like more motivation to just do our own our own research and talk about it beyond just kind of things these things being fascinating and interesting because they're important and um, and and if and if we can help you know even a couple people to understand their Bible better and the world that they're in and what's to come better, you know then then it's having a positive effect. So it's you know, I've I've thought of it, said it several times that like it's Luke, you and I kind of have been on this track as far as the Nephilim and different things for a while now. Once you introduced me to that with Randy Domain a decade or so ago, so it's like okay, cool, wow, that's interesting. You know, okay, now I know what I believe about that, and that's fine and dandy. But to actually do something with it, talk about it expand on it invite other people to talk about it like i think that i think that's the importance so no that sounds good i think that's an exhausting list and if we continue to you know as me and you have discussed and why we started recording this and and having these discussions we we, uh we want to basically um almost do like a book club you know whether it's reading a book discussing it um, looking at it from different points of view, a podcast, a Netflix documentary, whatever it happens to be, and you know, ask questions, you know, and uh, so it's it's uh, it, it's good. Yeah, appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, guys. Until next time. Have a good week. See you later. See you, Don. to say
to the Days of Noah podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate that you spent some time with us. Hopefully you've enjoyed this episode, and if so, please give us a positive review, give a like, share it with your family and friends, and as always, God bless and see you next week. say